All right. Hmm? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I told you just started recording and I was whispering under my breath. Um, I've been recording for like. Oh. Oh, okay. Six minutes. Okay. <laughs> I, was I say st- the. Uh, sorry. Because. Um, oh, the Joss Whedon run of astonishing. We'll get into that later. Sorry. <laughs> I'm awful. I usually start recording when it seems like we're going to start winding up, just so I have good, okay. like material to put as a right. uh, cold as a open. Stinger. Yeah. Cold open. Right. Stinger goes at the end. <laughs> I am the one who wants to who wants to do this for a living is getting movie terms confused. Anyway, welcome back everybody to Nerdscape, a semi-regular podcast where two siblings with not nearly enough time on their hands get together and talk about nerdy stuff. Clearly not enough time because it's been a couple of weeks now since our last... A couple of weeks. It's been a month since I uploaded the last... Oh, jeez, really? Which means it's been even longer since we've sat down and recorded. Yeah. And part of that is my fault because... I mean, we had some scheduling issues. Yeah, some scheduling issues, some not managing to get to the theater so we could do what we were supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and then but, I was out of town for like a week, so that's right. That didn't yeah. help. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I am. I am Fen. And I'm Rama. And, and I need uh, to turn my phone off. <laughs> Let me make sure that mine's. Turned down. Okay, yeah, we're good. <laughs> All right. This ended up kind of getting thrown together, um, and yeah. we, we apologize for that. But we wanted to make sure that we got back into the swing of things before it became like a habit of just not recording. Yeah, and we've. I mean, there's a lot of things we want to talk about. So, I mean. We are still planning on on talking about the MCU at, mm-hmm. at eventually. I just I have to get a chance to see Infinity War. Yeah, because hopefully by the end of the month, if it doesn't leave theaters before then. Because you're pretty much the only one who hasn't seen it. Yes. At this point, so it it would yeah. be really really hard for us to do that episode and all three of us like wanting to like talk about stuff and mm-hmm. you not being able to. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. But anyway, uh, we decided this week to just talk about comics in general. Um, we've got yep. a couple of specific like graphic novel titles that we really, really enjoyed um, mm-hmm. back when we were growing up and everything, so um, we want to get into that as well. 
Yes. Some really, really good, good stories. Um, we've we've been pretty fortunate that that we've been able to track down a lot of really great, really great uh, graphic novels and story arcs. It's getting a lot easier these days, especially with like used bookstores and stuff. Mm, oh yes, um, yeah. Used bookstores, uh, consignment type shops, and, and yeah, because yeah. that's how I actually got um, the one volume of Astonishing X Men that I have. Is um, I got that at Second and Charles for like six and a half bucks, and it's oh. in really good shape. Yeah, that's right. The hardcover I was thinking about was the one that we borrowed from the library that had Gifted and Dangerous in it. Yes. I haven't been able to find it anywhere. I've been looking. The hardcover I have is Deadly Genesis. That's right. Speaking of the library, that's actually how we got started in comics. Um, yes. We were... How old were we? Well, let's see. It was probably... Two th- no, you know what? It was, it was around 2003 when we first saw... The original Spider-Man, well, it's not the original, the, the, the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. Right. Because I know we had seen it when Daredevil was in theaters. Okay. Because I was interested in comic book movies, which wouldn't have happened if I hadn't seen Spider-Man. Right. Because of the way we were when we were kids. Because <laughs> um, anything we weren't allowed to see was, we had no interest in. Right, a, and it was kind as, of like a defense mechanism. Yeah. Like, no, we I were, know I'm we not allowed convinced. to see this, so it must be stupid. Yeah. But I remember talking to Dad or Mom, I don't remember who, um, about when they had gone to see Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And I'd ask them what they thought of it, because I was it looked interesting to me. Um, Which is interesting, alert, because you... What? I said, it's interesting, oh. because you've always been into Daredevil. I love Daredevil. I I love it's and I I don't know what it is about him that I'm drawn to, but it's not a fluke because Nightwing is my favorite DC character. Hmm. So it's it's is it something about the fighting style? Maybe it might like just the whole the aesthetic of the character because they do have a very similar uh, fighting style, similar. Uh, way of operating because they don't they're not really the same character no they're very different characters but they do have a very similar aesthetic i think mm-hmm. in fact um i had posted i think i'd used it as a profile picture on facebook um back in high school of it was a fan art of nightwing and daredevil i think it was nightwing and daredevil um, gotcha. Like, one of them was punching the other out a window. <laughs> That's awesome. And it was like somebody somebody had made a comment about the similarities between the two characters, like a joke about how similar the characters were. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. So it would have been around 2003 when we first started getting into comics. And we would go to the library, and the uh, juvenile, or the young adult section of the library had, Mm -hmm. and still does have, a very, very nice collection of graphic novels and um, 
um, a, like collected comic book works. Yeah, the the one thing that I think really got us into it was the um, Marvel Essential. They were like these huge, mm. thick volumes of classic comics. Yes, um, of and they would be like the original, like the first, the first issues, or you know, so on. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually own uh, the Essential Daredevil Volume One. That's awesome because those are really good. Um, yeah, we read like the it, first two, like Essential Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Mans. Yeah, and then like Fantastic Four. Fantastic. That's that's right. That was the other one we got into next was Fantastic Four. And I don't know um, if you ever read this one, um, but I actually uh, read the Essential Ghost Rider that they had. Yes, I read that one as well. And I have to say, I'm actually very impressed with how accurate they kept the movie. Yes, that it was that was surprising to me. Uh, like, because again, it was we would for a while we would only read comics of. Uh, that we like had the, seen movies the movies that we had of. seen, yeah. yeah. You know, we we like to keep it safe and stay with what we knew we liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it was they they did a very good job with, and you can say whatever you want about uh, <laughs> um, Nicholas Cage's acting and his portrayal right, right. of the character, but the background it was a very well. Yeah, the origin was like spot on. Yes, yes, it was a very, very true adaptation. Yeah, which you didn't see a lot of back in that the early two thousands necessarily. Yeah, they always like tweaked it a little bit to make it seem less yeah. dated, I guess. Yeah, they they definitely wanted to go away from the campy. Superman. As good as the 70s and 80s Superman and Batman movies. Well, no, the Batman movies were at least half, were mostly in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But as, as well done as most of those movies were, um, early 2000s comic book movies definitely were distancing themselves from that. And it's, it's funny that you mention that. Because <laughs> I feel like that's the issue that DC has been having lately. Yes, they are still doing that. Like, they're... It's like... Like, the DC movies were the first ones to come out, right? You had Superman and Batman. And that mm-hmm. kind of really started the whole thing. But they were really, really <laughs> campy and ridiculous. Right. I mean, if you dig dig deep enough, there were some Marvel movies in the 70s that you never hear about. Right. Um... But what actually started, like... Mainstream comic book movies, yeah. absolutely, would have been... Yeah, Superman and then Batman in the 80s and 90s. And then you have Marvel coming along with X-Men and Spider-Man and Daredevil and kind of and trying Blade to... And... Yeah, and trying to move away from that preconception of superhero movies. And, and they really hit the balance of... really well. Right. Yeah, and they they I mean it was obviously a product of just coming out of the 90s and the way 90s comics were. Right. And 90s comics were getting away from that themselves as well. For 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 better or worse. They they yeah, certainly it... tried. <laughs> yeah. But um, then you have DC coming back in like 
the later 2000s with like the Batman Begins series overcompensating. Yes. Now, I liked Batman Begins. I thought it did very well at what it was trying to do. Mm -hmm. I think Dark Knight was a good movie. It wasn't a great Batman movie. It it certainly wasn't as good as all of the hype that it got when it first came out. Mm -hmm. Like, Heath Ledger's performance was amazing. Heath Ledger's performance was not a very true-to-the-source Joker, though. No. And I'm, mm, I know that's going to irritate a lot of people. He did a very good job playing the character he was given. The character he was given was not the Joker. Right. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely a different interpretation, and it was it was a very interesting interpretation, but it was not it was not true to source. And I think another thing that between the success of the Batman, the Dark Knight trilogy, mm-hmm. and the um, the reception of Superman Returns, I think has influenced mm-hmm. a lot of the DC movies negatively. I know you liked Superman Returns. I did. I I I have I, I have unpopular opinions, as our listeners are going <laughs> to very quickly realize. I have very unpopular opinions. We both kind of do. Um, but no, like I enjoyed Superman Returns. I thought it was a very. They did a very good job of making a sequel to Superman. Yes. Uh, the, the Christopher Reeve Superman movies was Which, what they wanted. Is it? Yeah, cause but, I was going to say that's exactly what they set out to do, and that's what they got. And they 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 were successful. The problem is the market didn't want it. Right. The market unfortunately doesn't know what it wants though, because yeah. then they took it in the Batman Begins series direction with mm. Man of Steel, and that was the wrong direction to take, especially with Superman. I have complicated. I have a. I have a love hate relationship with Man of Steel. There were some things I really enjoyed about that movie, and then some things that just Zack Snyder doesn't understand Superman. No. He does really good with dark, gritty realism superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people who really enjoyed The Watchmen. Um, See, that's the kind of superhero I actually movie saw, he makes. I actually saw The Watchmen. Yeah. Um, people are going to get really mad at me for saying this. I never read the original graphic novel. I know it's like the most critically acclaimed graphic novel in history, but I've never read it. And I actually, like, I remember enjoying the movie, but I couldn't tell you Mm. anything about it. (laughs) I don't remember it at all. Yeah. I, I've never seen the movie, I haven't read the graphic novel, but I'm aware enough of the the themes and the uh, atmosphere of the graphic novel in the movie to understand that he was trying to remake The Watchmen when he made Batman vs. Superman. In my opinion. I don't even know if I want to talk about that movie, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's fair, we can... Like Maybe I was really, I was really excited when they announced that they were making it because Batman versus Superman is one of my favorite comic series. Right, and um, and the the Dark Knight Returns, which mm-hmm. was where they got a lot of their 
they should have just gone full Dark Knight Returns and not. Mm. Dark Knight Returns is a really good book. I I enjoyed it. Right. Um, I like a lot of Frank Miller's work, but I I. The problem is, Batman's kind of gotten a bad shake since Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. It's not, it's not really like the Hulk where it's been redone so many times that, like, everybody knows the story at this point. You can skip stuff. Yes. Because... Or Spider-Man. Right. We've seen, we've seen Batman's origins a couple of different times now, but we haven't seen... Like, they just, they rehashed the origins, really, as, like, a flashback sequence. Yeah. But then they like they kind of hint at this whole like Robin that existed at one point, but we haven't actually seen Robin in any of the modern movies yet. Yeah. That's... Which was really disappointing. Yeah. I mean, it I like that it opens up the 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 DC movies for uh Tim Drake and and Nightwing, but I'm disappointed that we we're not going to get uh Death in the Family. Right. On, I mean, they skipped that. Screen. They just completely skipped oh. over it. I haven't actually thought about like I haven't actually thought about that, but I'm now really disappointed that we're not going to get Death in the Family on on in the theaters unless they like went back. But which DC's... they can't do because like Ben Affleck's already like kind of getting up there. <sighs> yeah, he's, no, the... he's they're already planning on his exit from and I'm. So, but he's been in like three movies. Like, come on. I'm, but like, here's I, here's I my thing. I feel bad for him. Yeah. Because he's done two superhero superhero franchises now. Done a very good job of portraying the character. After people thinking the, that he can't handle it. And 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 just being handed bad writing. Yeah. Just bad writing. Because he is really good. He was a great Daredevil. Yeah, I was honestly going into the Netflix Daredevil series. I Charlie Cox had a lot had big shoes to fill for me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Daredevil is one of, if not my favorite Marvel comic character. Um, and so I thought Ben Affleck was a phenomenal Daredevil. I thought he was a pretty good Batman. Me too. I liked his. Batman. I didn't like the writing of his Batman, but I thought he was good. The problem is, um, I feel like, like, I'm really interested in this idea of, like, an older Batman, but yes. I don't feel like the characters had enough traction in the cinematic market mm-hmm. to justify telling that story yet. We need to give him a handful of movies on his own, like yeah. Robert Downey Jr.'s gotten with Iron Man, and then we can have him start setting up the Bat family. Yeah. And I think with a good... <sighs> Who just took... Who's taking over? I know uh, Jeff Johns is stepping down, which is kind of sad because... I'm actually not sure. I'm, I, I, I have to admit, I haven't actually seen Justice League yet. I haven't either. <laughs> I'm just kind of like... I don't know. DC kind of ho-hum at the moment for me. We finally saw Wonder Woman, yeah. like, uh, a couple weeks ago. See, and Wonder it Woman was is so great. Good. 
I'm excited about Wonder Woman 84 because Wonder Woman was amazing. I'm excited for... Uh, I want to see Aquaman because I like... Um, what is his name? I have no idea. It's Jason something, isn't it? Jason Momoa. There you Thank go. Thank you. I like Jason Momoa, and I thought he was the perfect, the perfect person to play Aquaman. Aquaman's a really good character when people take him seriously. Like, if the and if the writers why... don't take him seriously, he's a crap character. Yeah, and that's why I think Jason Momoa was the perfect casting choice, because you have to take Jason Momoa seriously. Yeah, there's really no other option. Um, I'm excited for Black Adam. Because I love The Rock, and I think him as a, an anti-hero slash supervillain is brilliant. It's fantastic. I'm really excited for Shazam. I'm excited for Shazam because I love... Zachary Levi yeah. is a gem. He, he is, is a amazing. national treasure, yes. and I, I want it to do really well, and I want Black Adam to do really well, so that we can get a movie with both of those characters in it. Mm-hmm. Because Zachary Levi fighting The Rock is the is the, the movie the fight scene I thing never ever. knew I wanted. <laughs> it's gonna be so because good. Zachary Levi playing an eight year old in a grown man's body is gonna be <laughs> great. And having him fight The Rock while he's playing this character mm-hmm. is going to be brilliant. The only down, the only downside to Shazam. Yep. Actually, no. This isn't. This isn't because of Shazam. Because okay. They, yeah, we'll have to edit. We'll have to edit that out. My, <laughs> okay. Uh, um, my the, my starting to go into my one disappointment about Shazam, but uh, I also realized that it has nothing to do with Shazam anyway, because he wasn't the only one. Alrighty. Anyway, I'm glad I caught myself. <laughs> glad I thought about that because uh, <laughs> I just I started geeking out about Zachary Levi. I have missed seeing that man on screen. Yeah, yeah. He's been really, like, active. You know what? This is off topic. Mm-hmm. So anyway. <laughs> I mean, we've already been off topic. We've been talking we about really movies. We really have. We've been talking about comics. I mean, they're technically, they're comic movies. But... Yeah. But anyway. So that's what got us into comics in the first place. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, um... You mentioned that Daredevil and Nightwing are, like, your two favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to say, um, I think, yeah, yeah, um, my two favorite characters, and again, we're weird, we don't pick, like, major, well-known, like, protagonist-type characters. Right. Well... I, I'm I'm on the fence about whether Daredevil is still my absolute favorite Marvel character because Captain America. I mean Captain America. Yeah. But no, generally generally my favorite characters tend to be the uh slightly less mainstream characters. Anyway, you were saying. Right. My my favorite characters are um, Bucky, Winter Soldier. Mm, he's up there, too. And uh, Tim, <sighs> Tim Drake's Robin. Tim Drake is in my top three. I, I don't know Tim. if he's I don't know if he's number two 
or if he's number three, but he's in my top three. Um, he's my favorite Robin. Definitely. Absolute number one favorite. I, I like Nightwing a little, a little bit more than I like Tim Drake, just like... But you prefer him as Nightwing. I prefer him as Night. I do not care for Dick Grayson as Robin. I prefer him as Nightwing, and um, he's an okay Batman too. I thought he was a he was a good Batman. I don't like Damien though. Damien's uh, a little prick. I hate Damien. I think Damien needs to be beat to death with a guy. Uh, That's kind of that cruel, was, but it's also kind of funny. That was I, I say it all the time, but this is the first time I've actually like I feel a little bit bad for saying that. And he's grown some in the last couple of years, especially since they've thrown him into the Titans. Ugh. But he's still a little I would take Jason Todd as Robin over Damian Wayne. Jason Todd wasn't a bad Robin. He just got into no. a bad situation. He was very angry. And he's... <laughs> no, I would take Jason Todd now as Robin over Damian Wayne as Robin. He's um He's gotten better, though, hasn't he? From what he's, I hear, he's kind uh, of recovered a little bit from his debacle. He's a few steps short of Punisher level anti-hero right now. But that's not the crazy from the Lazarus Pit. No, he's worn off the crazy from the Lazarus Pit, and he's Good. more just bitter and angry. But, but he was uh, always kind of like, had anger issues and stuff anyway, so... Oh yeah, but he can, uh, he can be civil with his brothers now. That's good. <laughs> oh gosh. There's actually a uh, Titan story where um, they actually have to work together, the three of them. <laughs> and uh, Tim gets a nice little, uh, nice little shot, cheap shot in. Tim earned his spot, though. Yeah, Tim, because like that's what's so awesome about Tim is he earned his spot. Right. Because he Bruce Bruce didn't want another Robin. Uh uh not after what happened to Jason. Right, but Bruce was also spiraling. Yeah. And Tim was a really big fan of the Flying Graysons as a child. Was in the audience when the um, the uh, the disaster happened. Mm -hmm. And then later became a fan of Batman and Robin as kids too right and was he was a very talented uh very very good with computers and he caught a video of robin doing something acrobatic that was a signature move of dick grayson so then he starts like looking into it and eventually like figures out the whole big secret because the thing about Tim Drake that not a lot of not enough writers realize is he is almost on par with Bruce Wayne mm -hmm. as a detective. Well, that was his whole thing was he basically had to prove to Bruce. He's like, he didn't blackmail him, but he proved to him that he could keep up. Yes. That uh, he was going to be more of a help than a hindrance. Yep. Uh, he made his own suit at first. 
Bruce <laughs> made him Bruce made him knock it off. Uh-huh. And then he broke into the Batcave at one point and stole Jason's costume. Yep. To go after Batman. And finally, uh, Grayson was actually the one who convinced Bruce to let him help. Well, because his whole thing was, you need somebody. Yes. Like, you need a Robin. You can't, you can't do this by yourself. Yeah. And he was right. Yep. And that actually, Tim convinced Dick that, yes, that that was the case. And then uh, the unique thing about Tim is that he chose that, that life. Yeah, I mean, he still had his dad and everything. Yeah. I think that's um, what one of well we'll get into that later. God. That is one of my favorite splash pages in comic book history. I think it's in Identity Crisis, I think. Mhm. Yep. I was just I was that, that's pretty much what I was going to say is that yeah. But we'll get into that a little later. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still not convinced that the Robin in the Teen Titans cartoon is not Tim. <sighs> I don't. I don't care what the official canon is. I'm not I convinced. Know. They. They. They at the very least rolled elements of Tim into the character. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of Grayson in it, but it's also got a lot of Tim. I mean, they never really say his name. He's just kind of like a right. generic Robin. They don't even really mention right. Batman by name. Yeah, no, they don't. Yeah, he gets brief references. Um, I think uh, Titans Go has has actually specified that it's Grayson. Um, if I remember right, but take that or leave it. Did you ever see a trailer for the movie? The no. new one, the new one that came out. No, I haven't. Um, I I would recommend watching a trailer for the movie. You're gonna hate yourself, but I've actually gotten to a point where I don't despise the show. I understand what it is and what its point is. It just makes me sad. Uh, here's the thing I because I, I watched the trailer for the movie and mm-hmm. like I was kicking myself for even thinking this but it's not as far off from the original as it seems like it would be no no it's not yeah it's a lot more of the slapstick stuff that, like, yes. would occasionally come up in the original. Right. There's also, um, I don't know if you saw that thing that I sent you from, um... I get them confused. Oh, uh... The other Tara. Yeah. About how... What's her name? Tara something. Tara strong, strong, Tara yeah. Strong. Um, yeah, how she was saying that they said that if the movie does well, they'd get another season of, of yeah. the original. Because they know that's what people want. Yeah. Actually, and, no, no, no. From what I understand from what she said, they are planning on doing another season of the original. It's just how soon it happens. Mm. 
Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Then I... <laughs> I don't know if I believe it. That, that that's... Mm, maybe that's just me being cynical. I don't think that she is being dishonest. No. I think I certainly hope that the that, writers weren't being dishonest with her. Right. That's that's my fear. Is that she she is repeating what she was told. Mm-hmm. And she believes what she was told. My worry is that mm, she was given wrong information. <sighs> but I'm just cynical. Then again, we're getting another season of Young Justice, so anything is possible at this point. <laughs> that was a good show, too. I don't know if it was... I, I think it was as good as Teen Titans. It was different, but I enjoyed it. I never did watch that one. I, saw, I watched... I mean, of course, we watched Teen Titans and then um, Legion of Superheroes. Yes. Oh, that was a good one. I like Legion. It was a good one. Um, it was no, good young... because it was so different. Mm. Like, the characters were all... I mean, you had Superboy, but other than that, like, all of the characters were, like, brand new and in these situations yes. that were completely new and different inside the DC universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was something that they hadn't really touched. Kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy, in a way, I think. Yes. Everything that they deal with is just so far removed from the regular, like universe that everybody knows that it's almost like a completely different universe and of course on yeah. top of that it takes place in the future yeah so yeah it was it was great so much fun um but the thing i liked about young justice was that we got to see t uh jason Erden. Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson. I'll get there eventually. We got to see Dick Grayson grow. Mm. Like, he starts off as Robin at the beginning of the show. And by the end of the show, he's Nightwing, and you've got Tim Drake, like, early in his Robin career. So he's still a little, like, unsure of himself, still, like, making sure that he's... And it was... Ah... <sighs> <laughs> it's something that I, I it's one of the things I love about the character of Dick Grayson is that growth arc that from being the kind of dorky kid sidekick like the archetype of the child's sidekick from that early era of comics to being a hero in his own right mm. which is always good to see and it was what I was hoping we get to see in the live-action Titans show that I'm just... I am so beyond furious with everything I've seen from the set photos of that show that I've just stopped paying attention to it. I've kind of at this point chosen to reserve judgment <sighs> until I see a trailer. I'll wait until I see a trailer before I make my... But it's like... It looked so cheap. Yeah. <sighs> well, 
Well, we'll, maybe, we'll have to wait and see. Fix, maybe they'll fix it all in post. Maybe it'll be okay at the end. I don't have a problem with any of the casting. It's just the costumes. Yeah, that's the that's the main thing. Because <sighs> again, they're 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 trying they're overcompensating. They're trying to. Because there's the, the major difference between Marvel and DC. Marvel is very realistic. Everything takes place mm. in actually exist, existing cities. DC right. is a little bit more fantasy-based. There's a lot more, like, magic and, yes. like, aliens. And they're, you know, all of the cities are, like, fictional cities and stuff like that. And all of the, all of the productions that we've seen from... Um, DC so far have tried to like tone that down and make it more realistic and more gritty. Except their CW shows have actually done a pretty decent job. Maybe less with Arrow but especially with now I'm very far behind on these shows but I feel like they've actually been working on expanding well, that's certainly good to hear. I don't actually watch... I don't watch TV, really. I I just... Mm-hmm. For one thing, I don't have time, and for the other thing, I don't have cable, so... Yeah. Yeah. I think... Because... Yeah, because I didn't even really finish Smallville until... Um, un- until me and Jax got together, because he actually has, like, the entire series. Mm. Yeah. Uh, do you have Netflix? Do you guys have Netflix? We actually just canceled it because oh, okay. we don't really. I mean, we don't. We don't watch yeah. TV. No, that's fair. Because uh, I was because CW they actually get the shows like a right. week after the f- the the finale, the season finale. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll get them up on. We tried watching Agents, Agents of Shield. Shield, and um, like we watched the first couple episodes, and it just. It, I guess it didn't grab us enough. We just we didn't. Here's, we never went back and watched it. Here's the problem with Agents of Shield. That show didn't get its footing until the episode that tied into Winter Soldier. You have to make it through like the first half, at least of the first season, before the show knows what it wants to be. And at that point, it chose to be like supplementary. Um, content for like the movies and stuff right well the the big thing was that you have a show called agents of shield and then halfway through the first season a movie comes out that just absolutely scraps shield as an organization yeah they don't Uh, work but it it actually did get really good for the second half of the first season and that's the thing, like, I've heard really good things about it. Like, we were hearing right. good things about it back when it was actually airing back then. Right. But but it took a while to get on its feet, and you've got to be willing to sit through, like, ten episodes of just episodic. And those gonna... first couple of episodes were really long. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they kept that format, but, like, that first episode was, like, a 45-minute episode. I think they all were forty-five minutes. Yeah, it yeah. was it was an hour-long show. Yeah, we just we just don't have time for that most of the time to be keeping up with something like that. Yeah, 
No, I get that. Like, it sucks, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, we barely have time to sit and watch anime these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're so far behind. Like I said, we haven't seen Justice League. Most yeah, of that's I... just because, you know, Batman vs. Superman was so, like, blah. Yeah, I I haven't seen Justice League for the same reason. Um, and like, even though Joss Whedon, um, he ended up coming in at the end and directed all the reshoots, I just, um, it's still mostly Snyder. Yeah. I haven't seen uh, Suicide Squad yet. I haven't seen that one either. I don't know, just DC has just like been such a disappointment lately. Yep, DC, uh, Fox. Yeah. Well, okay. Because seen... we actually went to see Deadpool in the theater. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll I'll be on. Deadpool was great. I want to see Deadpool too. Deadpool um, two is so good, and they actually they there's still, this one is point. It, is it? Is it still called the Untitled Deadpool sequel? Is that still like the official subtitle? No, it's, it's Deadpool two. Okay. Um, that would have been funny though, but they they actually like they made some kind of deal with Fox as part of like the whole thing to get Spider Man into the Avengers movie. So they were allowed to show. <laughs> They, they, there's a scene that's actually filmed in the mansion, the X mansion. Right. And so he's talking about like this deal they made with Fox and how it sucks that that the only characters they can get are like these second-rate unknowns like Colossus. Yeah. Well. And the camera turns, and there's an open door right next to him, and inside the door is like the whole new cast of X Men. And That's Beast funny. just like reaches over and just like slides the door closed, like you don't see anything. That's funny. Because <laughs> it was so funny. Deadpool is Fox, like they're the ones who are making it. But they didn't with the first one, they had like no faith. Very small budget, and they were they were seriously restricting them on what characters they could use. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, yeah, you can have, which it makes me angry that they, that Colossus, that they decided the Colossus things. was a throwaway character. Yeah, because. I mean, he's really good in the movie. Like that got like his accent down and everything. Yeah. He's a little too chatty. He's a little too chatty. I like him. I like, I think he's really sweet. Too. And he's supposed to be sweet. He is. He was all a gentle giant. I think was somebody's mm -hmm. nickname for him. But the fact that Fox was like, "Yeah, we don't care if you screw up a char this character," it's like, "Come on." Fox is the one who gave Colossus the short shaft for four movies. Yeah. No, it was only three because he yeah, was only in three. the first one. No, he was. He had a cameo in the first one. It wasn't the same actor, but he had a cameo in yeah. the first one. <sighs> I'm sorry. Colossus, Colossus is, is your favorite, favorite X-Man. <laughs> he is. Uh... <laughs> Pyotr Nikolaevich Rasputin. Mm -hmm. He is my favorite. 
and he does not get the respect he deserves. And then, yeah, it was the the reason why the 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 first Deadpool movie went with uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead was because they were so exasperated in asking for characters like one after the other that mm-hmm. they threw out the name of a character who's in like two panels total in the comics and die like it's killed off oh god they created an entire character around this name that's like that's that's it was a name for a an extra that dies that's amazing in some scene and it was like and fox was like who is that yeah whatever fine use negasonic teenage warhead and so they're like okay we're gonna create an entire character around just this edgy teenager because it's an edgy teenager name that's pretty. She's and, she's a pretty awesome character. Because they actually wanted Cannonball. Ah. Uh, but Fox was like, no, you can't have Cannonball. But like the first draft of the script was Colossus and Cannonball were the X Men. Mm. Um. So that's that is why she has the the power set that she has because it. Is I mean, they had to give her to, something. Yeah, it's similar to what. Uh, it allows her to fill the role in the fights that Cannonball would have. If we're going to be on the topic of Deadpool, can I just mention right quick how impressed I am with how they handled Domino? Really? Yes. Oh, that's That makes me happy. You are going to be pleased. They do a proper like demonstration of the fact that, yes, her power is an actual power. Good. Yeah, no, I've actually heard about that. It's great. Yeah, no, Domino is awesome. Uh, and so is Cable, just FYI. Because I love Cable. Did they get his origin right? Um, Do they get I, I don't know if I want to say. Okay. Okay, never mind then. I'll wait until I see it. Like I, I, I could, I could say, but I don't know if I want to tell you whether or not they actually go into it. Because, because okay. part of the the, like part of I don't know, it's just the the mystery of Cable is kind of part of the experience. Okay, then yeah, we won't go into it. But Cable is Cable's a great character. I love Cable. I love Cable mostly because um the um phoenix is my favorite x-man yeah like phoenix kind of became like my this is gonna sound stupid i don't even know why i'm talking about this (laughs) we can always edit out if it's too embarrassing no it's i mean it's not really embarrassing it's just it sounds stupid when i talk about it out loud um, Phoenix kind of became like my personal symbol sometime in high school. Mm. Like the whole the, the the concept of like the mythological creature as well as like Jean Grey specifically is just kind of like mm. I, I feel like I have kind of like a resilient personality. Like no matter what terrible things happen in my life, I'm always gonna bounce back up. Yeah. So it's kind of a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Which I, I guess understand. relates to like 
because Jax has mentioned this before, like, I tend to choose, like, my favorite characters based on, like, a sense of redemption. Hmm. Yeah. Like in like in video games and and stuff. Yeah. So if anybody wants to know why in uh, some of the hosting sites that I use uh, require a uh, cover image, and I haven't actually put one together for the podcast yet, so I just use this phoenix icon that I made mm. for something else. So. You know what's funny that I learned very recently. Hmm. Did you know that the uh, seal, the, the the official seal for the city of Atlanta has a phoenix? I did not know that. Yep. That's intriguing. I'm going to go look it up now. Yep. It's because uh, the it got it got burned. <laughs> it got burned down and is now the largest city in the South. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yep. That's actually also why there is a um, a uh, an air airline. Is it an airline? Is that the right term for that company? Uh, yeah. There, it's there's an airline of sorts, a small airline based in Cartersville called Phoenix Air. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Yeah, that they, they named themselves after the the seal. In. Yeah, I've driven past their building before, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, that's actually their their headquarters, and they're they're named after the fact that there is a, a phoenix in the Atlanta seal. That's actually kind of awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, Phoenix is my favorite, uh, my favorite member from X Men. Yep, and they did not do her justice in uh, Last Stand. Oh, definitely not. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't, it just wasn't quite yeah. right. I, I'm not a fan of right. the, like, suppressed power idea that they seem to keep rehashing. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not what it is! So we just need Disney to finish purchasing Fox. Yeah. So they can they can bring the X Men into the MCU, so they can do everything right. They already have a Dark Phoenix saga movie planned, and I'm really really on the fence about it. Like it sucks too because every time there's like new news on it and everything, Jax is like, "Oh hey, look, Dark Phoenix, that's like your favorite," and I'm just over here like, "No, they're probably gonna screw it up." So I'm sorry, I'm not yeah. excited. Yeah. But I told you that they're bringing her back in the comics, right? Yeah, you mentioned that um a few weeks back, I think. Yeah. Yep. Well, cuz Ensong was her last actual appearance, wasn't it? Yes. Ensong and what was the No, yeah, that was the one with the then there was one with the uh, the Stepford sisters, right? Uh, War Song, I think. War Song, yeah. She kind of technically showed up in War Song. It wasn't like it was more of a like right at the end kind of thing. If I'm remember, if I'm remembering, correctly. yeah, right. 
but yeah, that's that's kind of just been her her thing. Well, she she left mm-hmm. at the end. Well, I mean, technically, it was, this, it was this whole thing about like she was like her personality was splintering and she needed to like put herself mm. back together. So that was why right. she actually left. So it was kind of implied that she was going to be coming back eventually. Yeah, but not yet. And you know what? Yeah, this was um, this was in two thousand five. So I was almost, I was like almost fourteen years ago. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Yeah. I mean, she stayed gone a lot longer than some other characters have. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Huh. Do you know who's in charge of the X-Men these days? Who's that? It was Storm for a while. But, right. But um, it looks like Kitty. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I think I heard about that. Yeah. Well, good. Good for good her. For... I like Kitty. Yes, she's she's come a long way. Yeah. I like how nobody actually uses her code name. Like nobody <laughs> yeah. uses her code name. Everybody else goes by their code names. Nobody, nobody ever called her Shadow Cat. No. Everybody just calls her Kitty. Yep. Or uh or Miss Pride. Miss Pride. Beast. <sighs> um Well, it's Beast. It is Beast. He's always been weirdly formal. Uh, <laughs> Kurt always had his, his German pet names for her. Right. But he's got those for everybody. Oh, yeah. You know... Sorry, we just, every time we bring up X-Men, <laughs> and we're talking about the X-Men, it's just like... I really want to reread the Joss Whedon run of Astonishing X-Men. Astonishing X-Men was a good one. So good. Like, the whole, like, just the whole thing. Like, I know this wasn't the actual first introduction of the character, but it was our first introduction to Maria Hill. Yes. Maria. What? So I was. Yeah. Huh. I forgot about that. Yeah. No, that's right. They did they did tangle with shield a little bit before yeah, they, they did. started fighting the sword. That's why I was so excited to see her in like the Avengers and stuff. Right. Yeah. Because right. I remembered her from Astonishing X Men. That's right. I remembered her mostly from Civil but Because she was in the Civil War comics too. Right, of course. Yeah. But no, I'd I'd forgotten that she was in. Yeah, she gave them a heck of a time. Yeah. And then the the character from Sword was... She was a very similar brand. I apologize. I was misremembering. Brand was the one in... um... Okay. Astonishing X-Men. I'm flipping through it right now. I don't know why I thought it was Hill. It, she is very similar personality. I'm probably remembering Hill from uh, 
from Civil War because we were mm. we were reading those about the same time. Yeah, we got really lucky with Civil War actually because our um our library was getting those in like almost as soon as they came out. Mm. So we almost we we had that almost almost like current. Oh, he'll he'll did make an appearance. Did yeah, she? he'll make he'll make an appearance when they're dealing with Breakworld. Okay, that must be later on in the Astonishing yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, it was like the second year because Dangerous was the second half of it. Because Joss Whedon wrote twenty four issues plus the giant, right? Giant issue. Um, but yeah, because Dangerous, I think, was when they first showed up. But yeah, the whole break world when they're actually going to the planet. Um, yeah, Hill shows up. Okay. I don't know and if I was... actually read that far with it. Oh, okay. I do think I'm, I'm just remembering her from, uh, from Civil War, and for some reason I got okay. the two characters mixed up. But yeah, because Astonishing took place fairly shortly into like post-Secret Invasion. Okay. So... Or not Secret Invasion. Um, the Second Secret War. Uh, after after Fury stepped down. Right, 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 right. So Hill was Hill was new. It was it was yeah. As director, so there was some there was some tension going on. And if that's the case, she probably got brought up quite a lot. So that might be why I was confusing it. Yeah. Also, Hill shows up in uh, Ultimate Alliance, didn't she? Mm. Maybe. Maybe There's not. a slim chance, but I, I want to say no. I don't remember. <sighs> so what would uh. you say is your favorite... Um, just general running title. And you um, can pick one from each if you... Or just hmm. one from one. As far as... In what context? Sorry. Like, what's your favorite franchise? Favorite franchise? Yeah. Um, Titans on the DC side. Teen Titans, Titans, mm. whatever, whatever iteration they're calling themselves. I just, I really like that whole. Beyond just really enjoying the the TV show back in the day, right? I've I've enjoyed all the Titans shows I've I've or Titan stories I've read. Um, Green Lantern's a close second though. <laughs> As for Marvel. Runaways. Runaways. Runaways was really good, and I need to get a Hulu account so that I can watch <laughs> it, the show. Uh, no, I Runaways. Uh, such a good story. Yeah, yeah. I would have to agree with you on the Teen Titans, I think. Mm. I really, really, really like pretty much all of the Batman comics that I've ever read. There's some really good Batman stories. Um, but I, I don't know. The the team dynamics in Titans is just so interesting. 
no matter which iteration we're talking about, they always put together great, yeah, great teams. Um, Even with like the younger ones, because a lot of the a lot of the graphic novels that I have for Teen Titans is like um, younger generation, like Tim Drake with yeah, Tim Drake's team, was Superboy, and yeah, Cassandra and mm-hmm. Cassandra, right? Wonder Girl. Uh. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think that's my favorite iteration of is Tim Drake's mm-hmm. pre-Infinite Crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, that's the team that Young Justice is based on, but with Dick instead of Tim. Which is kind of bugged disappointing. Me. It bugged me a little bit at first because of the dynamic between Tim and Connor is... Yeah, that was that's <sighs> one of my favorite graphic novels of the series is when Connor's having his whole like clone crisis and Tim yes. is there like by his side the whole time like we're going to figure this out because I'm really smart and I can I can figure out anything like I don't have any superpowers but I can I can figure stuff out mm-hmm. and just that whole dynamic do I I don't have it no um... I, I have it no, I no, think. yeah, I know. I, the 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 one Titans graphic, Teen Titans graphic novel I have is uh, post post fifty two, actually. I think. Ah. Yeah. It's again. It's it's a great team. Well, it's it's basically Tim put trying to put his team back together and not quite getting everyone. But gotcha. there was a there was a scene I don't think it's in the one I've got with Tim trying to reclone Connor mm-hmm. and Wonder Girl finds it the lab. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no. Wait. Oh, this is No, it's not in this one. It's the one that takes place before this one. Because there's I've got a it's there's a splash page near the beginning that's got Tim, Cassandra, and Raven in his smashed up lab. Yeah. I think I might have <sighs> that one. It's either that or it's somewhere like at the end of um Infinity like the um Maybe. Infinite Crisis. Cause I do remember that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. As far as Marvel goes, I'm actually going to have to go with Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah? Yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man was a great series. I think that's, like, that is... I I read more of that than anything else. Mm. Yeah. Because it was. It was really good. Like... I think Spider-Man was the best out of the entire Ultimate series. Yes. Because I Ultimates was okay. It was yeah. And I really didn't care much for Ultimate X-Men. No, I didn't either. Um. And Ultimate Fantastic Four was just meh. I think I think the problem is everybody like keeps trying to modernize Fantastic Four. And yeah. It's just, it doesn't work when you try and do that. No. Like, that's why no. the movies can't get up off the ground either. 
And it's because the problem is, is that they're looking at them as a superhero team. Mm-hmm. They're not a superhero team. They are they're scientists and explorers and a family. Like, so, that's the main draw of the story. Not, oh, hey, we're a superhero team. So like, we're no. fight the bad guys. No, they are exploring and discovering things. And bad guys get in their way sometimes, and they have to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, show show us the Fantastic Four exploring the negative zone. Show us them running into Nihilus. Oh, Nihilus. Show the so... Submariner. Yes, give us Somebody Atlantis. give us the Submariner, please. Give us the Submariner. Give us a good Black Bolt. I was actually kind of disappointed um, that the uh, first Captain America movie didn't go into some of that. Yeah, I want. But to I guess that would have been a little too much too early because, like, yeah, that was the original iteration of like that. That was the original superhero team. Yeah, Captain America, Submariner, the Human Torch. Yeah, the original Human the Torch. The robot Human yeah. Torch. Um, Alex yeah. Ross is probably my favorite artist. Just FYI. Yeah. Oh, Alex Ross is amazing. And a great way to get some like really basic information on some of this like older like Golden Age comic stuff is to go read his um, Marvels um, mm. graphic novel because it like documents. Really yeah, it documents Is that like the one about the photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It documents the um, the history of the Marvel universe from like through the eyes of this like photographic journalist that has like been around since World War Two, like documenting um, like the the first emergence of superheroes and then like kind of tracks them through history. Hmm. And it touches on everything. Like it touches on the Fantastic Four and the X-Men and everything. And nice. one of the last things that it it covers is the death of Gwen Stacy. Yeah. It was oh, it was almost that was almost worse than the no, I think it was worse than the original death of Gwen Stacy issue. Yeah. Cuz it like he really hits like the emotional weight of the incident like told from the perspective of these bystanders and like the the journalist Mm. had been interviewing her and like her dad and everything about like the whole spider-man phenomenon so he actually got to know her like right before she died yeah Yeah, no, Alex Ross is amazing. His um, what was it? Mm-hmm. King- Kingdom Come was the Kingdom Come was DC great. that he did. That was really good too. Yeah, yeah, no, and he's got such a unique and noticeable style. Oh yeah, that it's. So here's a question for you. Okay. Um, and again, you can pick one from each company if you need to. Who is right. your favorite villain? Ooh. 
favorite villain. I'm definitely going to pick one from each company. Um, <laughs> hmm. Deathstroke the Terminator. Oh. I am. Oh, Deathstroke. I'm I'm moderately okay with the way they handled it in Arrow. They oh yeah. Cast they cast him pretty well. Uh, some like slight here and there different like things that I would have done differently. I mm-hmm. think is an appropriate way of phrasing it. I don't think they did a bad job with any any of their the decisions they made. Just they weren't decisions that I would have made. Right. Um. I like. I like that he is a very complex character. That every. It, it, at first, he's very you know, he's a mercenary, so he's driven very much by money. Mm-hmm. And then um, he gets to a point where he's actually very, in his own way, cares about his family. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not winning any awards for Parenthood, but no, but I mean, he's better than some. Yeah, he at least he he understands that he's not a good parent and makes sure that his kids land with people that care about them. I would argue he's better than say Norman Osborn. God, Norman Osborn, awful, awful parent. He's trash uh, father. Yeah, in the running for worst uh, worst fictional fathers. In the running, there's a lot of people ahead of him. To be fair, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he wins. Yeah, no, there's no, there's no way he wins. But he, he but he's on the list. Gets, he definitely gets mentioned when we do that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be an episode you guys can look forward to: worst fictional fathers in existence. Because I think that would just be fun to go through and just, just, just rank them. Oh my goodness. Um, let's see. As for Marvel villains, that's huh. Well, I'm thinking. What? What would you wanna? You wanna give your DC yeah. villain? Yeah. Um, my favorite DC villain is the Riddler. Ooh, solid choice. Yeah. Especially post Hush. Oh yeah. Oh man. Hush just like brought his whole character dynamic into a whole new light. Yes. And every iteration of the Riddler since then has had their uh has ha- has been thanks to Hush. I feel like um the like Arkham Asylum games. Mhm. Like I the the tough thing is I haven't actually played through any of them except for the first one and I never finished it. But I feel like they took a very similar approach to his character. Yes. As Hush, like he is the character that's kind of like off on the sidelines, but mm-hmm. anything that he like that you have to do in relation to him is like really complicated. Like he is so mm-hmm. freaking smart. Yeah, no. Um I, I've actually played through Asylum, City, and Origins, and yeah, it's 
his stuff is always like side stuff and extra, but it's it's some of the best parts of the games. But I mean, honestly. that's really the way like his the the way he relates to Batman. Like that's the way it works. Is he never mm-hmm. he never goes after Batman directly because he knows that he can't win in anything but a, a battle of wits. Yes. <laughs> uh, and even then, character. he's not so sure. Like he only he only gets into a fight if he's absolutely sure he's going to win. Yeah. Uh, his the the version of him from the Batman was great too. Mm-hmm. That was another good show mm. that that we watched. Yes. I like the style. Yeah. Of it. Like everybody, everybody like our age grew up on Batman Beyond. We grew up on the Batman. Yeah, Batman Beyond and Batman the Animated Series. Not, but we we had the Batman. The Batman, and it was I don't know. I I really enjoyed. It. I really liked the the Joker in that too. Yeah, again, it was really off the wall and very different. But I think he was uh, he was he was enough of a clown. I think. Oh yeah. But yeah, Riddler Riddler's my favorite DC villain. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Marvel. Ooh. There's so many good ones. There are. I mean, there's so many good DC ones, but... I feel like... Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, throw this really hard question on you. Out of no, the blue. No, it, it's... it's... Oh, I think the easiest way for me to narrow it down is try and figure out if they've been done on film yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might have it. I might have it. Let me think. Uh, this isn't my answer, but Mandarin's a good one. Mandarin is a good one. Mandarin, not the, not the one they had in Iron Man three. No, but I think they redeemed themselves with one of the shorts where they implied that, that he there was actually a Mandarin mm. that was that was not happy with him. Right, um, right, right. You know what? Hmm. I almost went with Venom. Ooh, which great character. Mm-hmm. You know, Flash Thompson is Venom right now in the comics, I think. Really? Yeah. Agent Ve- He's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. Interesting. Yeah. Like, when you Scorpion... first said that, I was like, I was like, I was going to be really disappointed because I thought that Flash was like, you know, it had been this much better character after a certain point. Yeah. No, he, uh, he got severely wounded. He like, he. He went military and got severely wounded and then ended up in a S.H.I.E.L.D. program mm-hmm. where he got bonded with the Venom symbiote. Gotcha. And he's he's uh, he joined the Guardians of the Galaxy for a little while. Oh, man. Um, yeah, no, he's uh, Agent Venom. He got his own he got he got his own series for at least a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah, because uh, Eddie Brock separated with the symbiote right well he had all kinds of problems with it yeah 
Scorpion, he almost got it under control for a while. But now Scorpion was in, got it for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, Eddie Brock is currently Venom, last I, last I knew. Flash Thompson. No, I'm sorry, yeah, Flash Thompson. <laughs> That's kind of awesome, though. Yeah. Uh, but you said that's not your pick. No. Um, I think I'm going to go with Morlin. Morlin? Morlin. Do you remember Morlin? I can't say it rings any bells at the moment, no. Okay. So, um, <laughs> early, early 2000s, um, Michael Straczynski, I think, is the writer's name. I will have to. Uh, I'll have to uh, double check that at some point. Um, he was writing Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the one in charge when the Black Issue happened. Okay. Uh which was their uh, 9-11 memorial. Um, But, uh, so there was, Peter ran into this guy who had the same powers as him. Uh Uh, Ezekiel, I think, was the guy's name. Who was teaching him about the fact that um, it wasn't just a radioactive spider that gave Spider-Man his powers. It was the fact that Peter Parker was um, had some kind of affinity for uh, Spider Totem. Gotcha. Was how he was phrased, and so because he was bit by this radio, because he had that totem when he was bit by the radioactive spider, it didn't kill him. It gave it awakened powers. Basically. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm following. Okay. Um. Well. Peter comes to find out that there is this uh, dimension-hopping vampire-type individual mm-hmm. named Morlin who is pursuing people with this particular totem power. Okay. Um, and the, Morlin and his, his family um, of inheritors uh, end up spinning off the Spider Verse um, concept. Okay, I comics. gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, it's, he's, I mean, it's definitely an interesting concept. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can see. It's, it's, it's a little more obscure of a reference, but I just, I really enjoyed that dynamic to the Spider-Man character. And I really love the idea of all of these different Spider-Man analogs in all of the different universes are all interconnected. Kind of like um, taking the uh, Craven Hunter idea to yes. a new extreme, like blending it with a Dracula type character, and yeah. and yeah, and giving him like dimensional mm-hmm. abilities. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so this, this, and this Spider-Verse concept has been, they've played with it in a couple of different ways over the years since then. Mm-hmm. Um, 
including the upcoming uh, CG animation film. Oh, okay. About, about Miles. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of exciting then. Yep. And which ah, oh, we're getting Spider Gwen yes. as well, and that's oh. <laughs> Spider-Gwen makes me so happy. <laughs> I've not read a single Spider-Gwen comic yet, but I want to because just the idea. Is of... it kind of like this, the the concept of like if it was Gwen Stacy instead of Peter? Yes. Gwen Stacy gets bit, has the totem affinity. Um, Peter actually ends up as the lizard in her universe. Oh, that's interesting. But I don't think he ends up as well off as Dr. Connors does in the right. mainstream Marvel comics. Because it's kind of a... Uh, Peter Parker for Spider-Gwen is the same weight as Gwen Stacy is to 616 Peter Parker. Right, right. Yeah. Understandable. But yeah, it's it's just such a fun idea, and the fact that it's not a uh, gender swapped Spider Man. Yeah, that it's like a completely different story, different universe, which, which they've always done with these alternate yeah. dimension type stories. Not not to knock Spider Girl because that's you know an interesting character in her own right. <laughs> Actually, fun fun story about the whole Spider-Verse thing. Uh, you remember Spider-Woman, right? I do. Uh, what was her name? Jessica? No. I don't remember. I do remember Jessica she had, Drew. like... I do remember she had this, like, big issue with, like, everybody getting her yes. confused for, like, a female Spider-Man, yes. and that's not what her abilities are at all. Right, because she's a mutant. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Like, honestly, she should have been called Black Widow, except that the name was already taken. Yeah. Uh, fun, fun story. Um, she is actually part of the Spider-Verse. That's awesome. It turns out. Like, she's actually, um, there's, I forget that there's a title that goes with a, someone who can actually uh, sense the web that connects the, all of the spider totems across mm -hmm. the universes. And she has that role right now. Now, there was a game that came out a while back. Mm -hmm. uh, um, Dimension? Yeah. Did that have anything to do with all this? Yes. Okay. Um, and in fact, they're making a making or made a sort of spiritual... No, it was, I think it was a direct sequel reusing a couple of the characters, not as many. But yeah, it was, it was following a very similar idea of these different Spider-Mans in different universes working together. Gotcha. That's really cool. Um, the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon that was on uh, Disney, one of the Disney channels mm. there that had uh, Drake Bell voicing Peter Parker. Right, right, right. Um, they played with the Spider-Verse as well. Such, a, such an interesting concept, and not anything that I've really had any proper like introduction mm -hmm. to before. There was also an infinite running, one of those infinite running games mm -hmm. that uh, that was Spider-Man. And it was one of those, you know, you'd like spend currency to roll for characters and you could get different, I gotcha. different iterations. And they played with the, the, the Spider-Verse as well. Well, of course. So my favorite Marvel villain... 
So I've mm-hmm. had to put a lot of thought into this. I don't know. All of all of Spider-Man's villains are actually like really tragic and very relatable. Mm-hmm. For that reason, I kind of don't want to include any of them because it's almost like they're not really like full-fledged villains in in my opinion. For the most part. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just because, like, like I said, like they're all they've all got like really tragic backgrounds, and you know, for the most part, like I said, it's like you can kind of see where they're coming from, like why they do what they do, and all of that. Right. Which is great, but then I feel bad for them instead of disliking them. So. Mm-hmm. After saying that, though. <laughs> I'm uh uh I'm gonna go with Loki. Okay. <laughs> Loki Loki is a lot of fun. Loki's a lot of fun. And again, he is not a fighter. So he has to come up with like unconventional means of opposition. Kind of in the same vein as the Riddler. Yeah. I I don't know. I always find that like more interesting in a villain, like when they like cuz otherwise it's just kind of I don't know. Just fighting like that gets boring. And then you kind of have like the shonen jump sort of mm-hmm. um problem where like, yeah, you fought this thing, now to make it even better next time, you have to fight this more powerful thing. And it just, like, there's a point where you reach a ceiling. Mm-hmm. And for the record, I I know that Lex Luthor likes to think that he's on that level, but he's kind of not. No, he's not. Because he resorts to trying to beat Superman with brute force. Like, he could be much more, like, smart about it, but instead he just builds, like, all these giant robots and tries to, like, give himself equivalent power, like, physical power, and thinks that that's the best way to to handle the situation. But yeah, I, I, I find villains much more interesting when they actually use their brains instead of, like, brute strength. Yeah. No, I, that's... Yeah. And Loki is probably one of the only um, villains in the Marvel Universe that does that. Right. I mean, I'm sure there, there, there are others. There are a lot more obscure and that are just not coming to me at the moment, but... Yeah. But I do like Loki. I like him as a villain, and I like him as mm-hmm. uh, an anti-hero as well. Right. Because that's always an interesting dynamic. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's my pick. Nice. Okay, so fun little update. I looked it up. Um, Eddie is Eddie is back as the current host. Okay. Flash is dead. Oh no! Yeah. Oh man. 
also the number of people who have served as a former host of Venom. And some of these were very brief. Right. But of course, but you have to include them. Is hilarious. Let me, let me start reading this out. Okay. So we've got Eddie Brock is the current host. Uh-huh. Uh, Lee Price. I, the name sounds vaguely familiar, but I can't place the character. Um, no, I don't never mind. Maybe I, I don't know. It's just a very, uh, of course, um, former host Flash Thompson, former mm -hmm. host uh, Mercurio, Drax the Destroyer. <laughs> oh my goodness. Rocket Raccoon. So did it just like hop around while he yeah. was? I was I was like kind of skimming it, and it seems like there were like instances where things would start going wrong, and he'd kind of like jump to other people. That's really funny. To, to try and, because um, apparently the reason why Venom he'd contracted some kind of bloodlust uh. um, at some point. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know if this was retconned in later. It probably was. Um, apparently, Deadpool was his the symbiote's first human host. Interesting. It was probably retconned. Put on the suit and was like, ah, this is messing with my head, and took it off and left it. About <laughs> it. Of then, course he did. Um, and put it back where he found it, and then Spider-Man wandered in. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah, that, that sounds like a yeah, retcon. That's right. That's yeah. That's definitely a a Deadpool. That's a, so. That's such a like, Deadpool. Hey. Such a Deadpool thing to do to like wander uh, into somebody else's story and like get their stuff first, <laughs> and yeah. then decide he doesn't like it and just walk away. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. Yeah. So Drax, Rocket, Groot, all served as <laughs> hosts. Uh, it. Uh, it. Latched onto a scroll at one point, uh, named Scroll. Okay. Um, Otto Octavius, when he was piloting Peter Parker's body. Yeah, interesting. Like it's it says Peter Peter Parker in quotes slash Otto Octavius. <laughs> uh, Thaddeus Ross. That's horrifying because mm. there's you. That's gotta be Red Hulk era Thaddeus Ross too. Although it doesn't say Red Hulk, so maybe not. Uh, Samson. Carol mm. Danvers. Ooh. Matt Gargan. Angelo Fortunato. Fortunato Anne Wying. Peter Parker, of course. Wade Wilson. <laughs> uh, of course, an unnamed alien as his original host. Um... He has a deceased twin brother, apparently, anti-venom. Mm. Uh, then here are his children. Oh dear. Carnage. Uh-huh. Phage. Riot. Lasher. Agony. Scream. Who is uh, deceased, apparently. Mm. Uh, and then uh, Riot, Agony, Lasher, and Phage fused into a, uh, a being they called hybrid. Interesting. And then, uh, let's see, of course, his children, he has 
three um, three grandchildren, Toxin, Scorn, and Raze. And then he has a clone named Mania, and then a deceased partial clone, Anti-Venom 2. Anti-Venom 2. I mean, I knew that Carnage was, like, offspring, but I didn't yes. realize that the Venom family was so large. That's kind of frightening. I didn't either. Yeah, and it sounds like it was definitely like a mini-type. Um, Toxin was the only other one I knew about. Hmm. Um, which was, uh, I know Toxin was Carnage's son. Aren't they doing a Venom movie, like a standalone? Yes, they are. And they're, like, turning um, it into, like, this horror thriller kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, it's got, um, Tom Hardy as, as Eddie Brock. I think it's Eddie Brock. Hmm. That's a choice. Um, it's a better choice than Topher Grace. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I think he fits the build of uh, Eddie Brock better. Yeah. I think they cast Topher Grace because he looks similar to, uh... Tobey Maguire. Toby yeah, because they were, they were trying for that whole, like, um, mirror image, like, two sides of the same coin kind of thing. Yeah. Which is not a bad direction to go, and to be honest with you, like, they didn't actually screw up the Venom origins. No. They just... No. Um, the, the movie in general was just mishandled. There were way too many plot lines for a single film. I will... I, I use it as a baseline for overly ambitious comic book movies. Mm-hmm. If you try to do too much, I call it the Spider-Man 3 effect. Yeah. Like, because that should have been two movies at least. Two movies. Two movies. Two movies would have been perfect. Like, Sandman in the, in the first movie. Venom Wait, in the second movie. And then, like, sprinkle Green Goblin throughout, like, over overarching plot for both of them. Yeah. Like, like the uh, connecting thread. You have him dealing with Sandman in Spider-Man 3 with the black suit and everything that has to deal with. And maybe... Um... Maybe have his uh, altercation with with Harry mm-hmm. at the end of that one. So, well, no, I don't know, because then you don't. No, no, yeah. So then you've got that completely destroyed friendship carrying over into another movie where he's he rejects the suit. Like he, I think he has to reject the suit in order to defeat Sandman mm-hmm. on his terms. And then it latches onto Eddie Brock at the end. Yeah. Like, maybe is, maybe is the stinger. Um, and then he's trying to repair his relationship with Harry while dealing with Eddie Brock and Venom in an entire movie by itself. Yeah. And have Harry's triumphant, like return and heroic death happens yeah. at the end of a fourth Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. Which, of course, we didn't get because they tried to cram everything into one movie and it was yeah. not necessarily a piece of trash, but it wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, Which then, of course, prompted the 
reboot. Which? Which? I don't know. Unpopular opinion, I liked them. I liked the second one a lot better than the first one, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think the first one had the first one was um, pacing issues. Shocker, wasn't it? Or Electro? Which no, one was it? Electro was the. Electro was the second one. Was it the second one? I'm yeah, having a hard time remembering. What was the first one then? <sighs> Lizard. Lizard, which we never actually got to see in the the Tobey Maguire which... movies either. They were setting up for three whole movies. Three freaking movies we get Dr. He Connors. Na- he get name dropped in the first one, shows up, ra- uh, he gets a he gets... Uh, brief appearance in the second one. Right, and, and then he's an actual character. The third one. And then we just never get to see the lizard. Like, that sucked. They were building, and they just, they, they, they weren't patient. They were not patient. Because that could have been, like, that would have been the perfect setup, too. Yes. Like, building up this character slowly over three movies, and then all of a sudden, oh no, he's a lizard man. Yeah, like, okay, so I laid out the way Spider-Man 3 should have been split into 3 and 4, and then 5, be our lizard man. Like, they could have done so much with this franchise if they just hadn't screwed up the third one. Right. Patience. Patience is a virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, we got we got Lizard, we got Gwen Stacy done well, done right, done first. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of bummed that we won't, that that's it. That's, that is, that is going to be our live action Gwen Stacy. We won't get another one. Well, I mean, at this point, like they did it so well and they nailed like taking her out Mm -hmm. of the narrative and everything too. So well, if they tried to do that again, like, can you imagine if they tried to do that again in the uh, in the oh, no. the new Spider-Man? Oh, no. no. Oh, god, that would it would suck. No, now I'm now I now I am picturing uh, Tom. Mm, yes. No. Yes. Tom. Like, imagine him going through that. I'm. Oh no, 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 we can't, we can't let that Spider-Man go through that. No, no. (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm sad now. (laughs) I am, I am so sad. But do you know what I want now that I just Mm. realized that I really, really want? What do you want? I want a live-action Spider-Gwan. Live action Spider Gwen would be awesome. They got uh, they got to work out the kinks and actually getting a reliable like Spider Man franchise going though. Yeah, I th- I think they might have it. Homecoming. I'm pretty sure they have it. Homecoming was the best Spider Man movie they have made. Oh, it was so good! It was so Spider Man. It was like they keep like. Each iteration of Spider-Man was like, oh, you've almost got the character. You've almost got the character. And then... And then they nailed it. They nailed it. And I love that... Stan Lee thinks they nailed it. Oh, if Stan Lee thinks they nailed it, then they nailed it. Uh, Stan Lee said that... uh, What is the actor's name? 
this is going to be really funny and completely off topic. But I you said okay. you said Tom, and my brain keeps filling in Riddle at the end because I've been reading Harry Potter. <laughs> That's funny. It's hilarious, but it's Holland. not helping. Holland. Yeah, I just I typed in Tom in the search bar, and it came, <laughs> it came right up. For me. Uh, no, Tom Holland. Uh, Stan Lee has come out and said that Tom Holland is the age and the size that he imagined when he first came up with the came up with Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. No, he 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 is Peter Parker. He He's perfect. Is he is he he just is Peter Parker. And I cannot wait to see him be Peter Parker in the years to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's perfect. And I love that instead of trying to rehash any of the villains that had already been used, they pulled a classic but still as yet untouched concept mm-hmm. with the yes. vulture. Yes. Uh, and it's funny because... That's one thing Sony has done right every time they've rebooted Spider-Man. Is they use different been, villains. But they've gone in the order as if they hadn't rebooted. Right. Because, like I said, they've been setting up Dr. Connors as the lizard for three uh, three movies. Yeah. They reboot it, and what's the villain they use? The lizard. The Duh. lizard. Uh, they do the lizard. They bring. Uh, they had to bring back Green Goblin. I'm a little irritated that Green Goblin Two was the one who killed Gwen Stacy. Well, Whatever. I mean, here's the thing, though. It's it kind of like Green Goblin. it's kind of like Joker with Batman. Like mm-hmm. you have yes. to have the Green Goblin in Spider Man. Yeah, that didn't bother me. I like the fact that we also got Rhino. Yes. I like their interpretation of Rhino. It wasn't comic accurate, but it was fun and it worked. Yeah. Um, but they set the seeds for the Sinister Six with Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. So, and one of the, we see, we see vulture wings at, in one of the, one of the scenes in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Right. So what do we get with, with, um. With Homecoming? With Homecoming, we get the Vulture. A very... Mm, yes. Good casting. Yeah. Well done. I I liked that he was... I liked that he was hitting on his daughter. Yes. And the thing is, like, I should have seen that coming, but it just, like, completely <laughs> blindsided me when it turned out to be... Like, that was her dad. I was like, oh! They got me! I didn't see that coming! When he pulled up to the house, I'm like, wait a minute. Are they gonna... It's gonna... He's gonna open the door. It's gonna be the vulture. But up until that point, like, right before the reveal, it hadn't... It hadn't crossed my mind. Yeah, no. Because they never mentioned her last name. No, yeah, exactly. They did it very well. Yeah, Um, that was really, really well mm -hmm. executed. Like, it caught me off guard. Uh, And I usually, like, see stuff like that coming. It was like the Thanksgiving scene in reverse. (laughs) Yes, yes. Which, great scene. Can we talk about the Thanksgiving scene from the the first Spider-Man movie? (laughs) That was like... The tension and the just... The palpable sense of danger in in that scene. Yes. With um, 
Norman with the knife. Yeah. And, and like his cut starts bleeding through his sleeve and all of a sudden yeah. like cuz they both got there late cuz they just been yes. fighting. Yes. And he almost found him in the room in the suit. Yeah. And the drop of blood and then you've got them sitting at the table and as soon as they start putting the pieces together or well, cuz Peter doesn't put it together. Right. But, but Norman does. Yeah, and, and he's just like sitting like, there sharpening the knife, and then he looks and he like points with the knife. He's with the like, knife. "How did you get that?" <laughs> and like you can see it, and like, ah, man, it's been years since I've seen that movie. Same, but like that, it's such a visceral. It's so yeah. Mm, they did. They did good things with the with the first two Spider Man. Oh yeah, like, no, I mean did. like those movies set the precedent for superhero movies post 2000 yes. like that was yeah. like there had been other superhero movies before but that was the one that really like set the bar and, and marvel biggest... keeps pushing it mm-hmm. yeah and my biggest problem with toby Maguire's spider-man has always been that he's just not funny no not he's not he that... d- no he doesn't get the the like quips the and stuff the quips which is it's because he's, he, he's, he talks when he's nervous. Yeah. That's the character. He talks when he's nervous because it helps him stay, settle himself. And we get yeah. that with Tom Holland. We, mm-hmm. almost, we, got, we got to see glimpses of it with uh, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, but not quite but, nearly enough. But Tom Holland is the perfect, like, super nerd. Like, I think, just... like, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker was really angsty. Yeah. And Andrew Garfield, I feel I feel like it was still a little too much of that. Yeah. But then like Tom Holland, uh no, he's like straight like high school nerdy kid. He's crushing on a girl, yeah, but he's not going to sit there and like pine about it. Mhm. Okay. I figured it out. Hmm. Uh Toby Maguire was heavily based on Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, no, those I, movies were based I, on Ultimate Spider-Man. I always thought it was. I always thought it was the other way around. No, but no, it's no, not. no. It, Ultimate Spider-Man predates so, and that Spider-Man was a lot more angsty. Yeah. Man, do you remember when Ultimate Peter Parker went out with Ultimate Kitty Pride? Yeah, things were weird those days. Yeah, <laughs> those were some weird days in comics. I love how anytime we like we get together to talk about like when we talk about comics and stuff, we like gossip about the characters. Like, <laughs> did you did you hear like so and so, and like whoever is like going out now? That's did you hear funny. that so and so died? Like that's that's what we do yeah. when we talk comics. We gossip about them. I just find that amusing. <laughs> that is funny. I've always found that amusing. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think we treat comics a lot of the way that people who are super into, like, daytime dramas. Yeah, or, like, reality TV. Yeah, where it's like, oh my god, did you hear about this thing that happened? And and because there's just so much that... Yeah, yeah. there is. And there there is so much that you really can't keep up with all of it. You kind of just have yeah. to when you have the time, pick something up and, and jump mm-hmm. into it for a little bit and and not really ever get caught up. 
the age of the internet is brilliant because I can always just like look up things and find out where storylines are. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm mad. Old man Logan didn't stay dead. I mean, I knew he wouldn't. Yeah. But Logan's back. Let <laughs> well, Laura have the mantle for a while. Look, he's not part of the Bucky Claws. I know. And technically the only person who was part of the Bucky Claws that is still <laughs> dead is Uncle Ben. Yep, because it was Bucky, Jason Todd, and Uncle Ben. No characters in comics stay dead except for those three. Well, now it's Guess just what? Uncle Ben. <laughs> you know why Bucky didn't come back, though? Hmm. Stanley didn't like uh, child sidekicks. Huh. And you know what? Bucky was the only child sidekick in Marvel. Uh, Human Torch had one. Well, yeah, but that was back in the day of Bucky. Yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, yep. And then, like, in the 50s, when there was a Captain America comic still running that has been retconned to be somebody else, not actually Bucky. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Like, but, I was yeah, almost no, um... disappointed that Bucky wasn't a kid in the movie. But Almost, it wouldn't have but worked. I like the, what they did. I do yeah, like what no, they did like with it. it. Yeah, the the like the the fact that they were best friends. Like it really, it really improves the the dynamic. <laughs> I think. Yeah. And can I talk about the way people misunderstand the language line? The language line from Age of Ultron. You know, Steve Rogers. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's 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 not at all what was happening, because nope. I'm pretty sure in in MCU Steve has said some things. Yeah, he says things. He uses. He language. says things. He's a soldier. He's been around it. Yeah. You know who in the comics had the worst mouth? The worst mouth. And who is that? Bucky Barnes. Yeah. It was actually it was actually a thing in the comics that Steve Rogers would tell Bucky to watch his language because officer and a you know subordinate. Right. That was the dynamic that was happening. Not because Steve just doesn't like language, but no, you've got a in the comics it was this 17-year-old kid who's cursing up a storm in the 40s and so, you know, you got to <laughs> shut that down as a, as a mature responsible adult. So it was more of a um, an instinctual thing. Yes. So here's and this is not my theory. This is not my idea. It was something that I read on, but it makes a lot of sense. So you've got Captain America, right? Who's how long after waking up from the ice? Like maybe a year. Yeah, not long. It's not that long. It's not been long. Who is now in? In the woods, in the winter, in Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. And a dear friend of his is swearing comms. Yeah, you'd expect him to get a little lost for a second. Yes. To forget where he he is and who he's actually hearing. He wasn't hearing Tony on the headset. He heard his friend. Yeah. And he he was ribbing his friend and making a joke. And then realized, oh, this is not that situation. This is not that time. 
when he says it slipped out, that's what he means by it slipped out. Yeah, he was he he got lost for a minute, like he forgot yep. where he was. <sighs> I, it bothers me that so many people misunderstand Steve Rogers in the MC. Well, it's it's a context thing. Um, subtext, yeah. rather. It's a subtext thing. Um, yes. Most people just don't pick up on subtext these days. Um, they're so used to, you know, just read what's on the surface, and that's that's what it is. There's a very, very important character line that happens at, near the beginning of um, First Avenger. Mm-hmm. Where he's sitting in the room with uh, Dr. Erskine. Mm-hmm. And Erskine goes, so, you want to go kill some Nazis? And Steve says, yeah, this is a test. I don't want to kill anybody. I just don't like bullies. Yeah. He didn't start the fight in the alley at the beginning. Mm-mm. In the movie, that he got dragged out into the alley. He didn't even throw a punch in that fight, if I remember right. He didn't even No, try. he just stood there and took it. Took a beating. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's that's the way that Steve is. I think that's what really sets Captain America apart from other similar characters like Superman. Mm-hmm. Is that he has such an incredibly strong sense of character and a sense of Mm -hmm. justice that he is he he will stand up on unapologetically and and he doesn't even have consequences he doesn't even have to do anything he'll just stand there in the way Mm -hmm. the shield is the perfect tool for a man like Steve Rogers. When he can fight, but he can. He'd, and he will. he'd rather protect in the end, I think. Yes. Yes. Superman, on the other hand, like, he's got all these superpowers to fall back on. Like, something's going on. The first thing he's going to do is jump in and try and fix the problem. Yeah. I mean, he is the perfect example of typical masculinity, I think. Yeah. Not not to rag on masculinity no. and not to rag on no, Superman, no. but his first instinct is to jump in and try to fix the problem with whatever tools he has at his disposal. Yes, he is he is your stereotypical middle American man that will, you know, there's a problem, it gets fixed. It needs to be fixed. I can fix it. I will fix it. He's very uh aggressive is the wrong word. But um uh, proactive. Proactive, yeah, that's a good word. Steve, or uh, yeah, uh, Superman Clark Kent is a proactive person. He does things. And if I'm His not mistaken, identity is around doing. And if I'm not mistaken, that's actually gotten him into trouble on more than one occasion. Oh yeah, he jumping dives the gun in like that. Thinking. Yeah, yeah, he dives in without thinking. He hears a scream. He's flying to find out why somebody's screaming. Yeah, with no. No thought as to, like, whether or not it's a good idea to do that. 
Right. Like he could no. be interrupting something, or it, he could be being lured somewhere. I feel like that actually gets him into the most trouble with other heroes, is yeah. when he sticks his nose into other issues that he doesn't need to be involved in, because yeah. he hears or sees a problem and he has to fix it. And the problem is his senses are so far beyond anyone else's that he hears and sees a lot more problems. Yes. But yeah, no, Steve is... Um, a lot more passive, I think. Yeah. Like, he doesn't always have to fix the problem because so much of his life is spent not being able to fix the problem. But he'll still yes. get in between the problem and somebody who doesn't deserve to or can't handle the problem. Yeah. Because he may not, might not be able to fix the problem, but he can sure handle it. Yep. And so... And I think a lot of people misinterpret the alley scene. They see him jumping into battle in First Avenger, and he's a little more aggressive because he's more inexperienced in First Avenger, I think. Oh, yeah. And then you see him in Avengers, and he's very bitter and angry. Well, but yeah. But you're forgetting the fact that he lost everything. Yeah. Everything he cares about to the Tesseract. Yeah. Like, his life is over. Like, he has nobody left that he even knows, let alone cares about. He's completely alone, and not only that, he's in an environment that he doesn't understand. Like, everything that he has known is gone. Like, I'm pretty sure the Avengers takes place days after he wakes up. Yeah. That they pull is, him in right away. He's he's fighting a punching bag days after waking up from being frozen in the ice for 50 years. And they, the first thing is somebody tells him, "Hey, this thing that you all that you almost sacrificed yourself is uh, yeah, we we lost it, and we need your help finding it." We were Sorry, we know you just woke up, but... Yeah, we were trying to make weapons with it, and somebody stole it from us. So we need you to stop them from making weapons with it. So yeah, he's gonna be angry. Yeah. He's dealing with this punk kid who is, like, this, this punk rich kid who basically inherited his friend's money. Yeah. Like, he has no reason to... He has no, he has reason, no reason to, to Tony. respect Tony. Yeah. Tony comes in, like, acting like he's... all that, and... It took Tony's Steve not all that, while. like, honestly. It, <laughs> it took Sorry. Steve a while to warm up to, uh... What was his name? I don't know. Who are you talking about? Stark. Howard? Howard, yeah. Yeah, it took him a while to... to... Well, because, now... like, you know, Steve is kind of more the representation of, like, the underdog. Yeah. And Howard Stark is 
like this rich guy. Yeah. Like that's then, they're they're on two completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. Like that's not to say that all people with money are bad, but no. a large majority of them are and don't do anything to help those yeah. who, you know, are beneath them monetarily. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, Steve came around on Howard eventually. They became very good friends, obviously. Yeah. But, but initially, like they are opposites. Like they're like Steve as a representation of the underdog is meant to oppose people like him. Yeah. And then you've got Tony coming around, who we we do find out later has his own baggage against Steve and is, you know, not helping his own first impression. Right. Um and you know, Steve doesn't really know how to deal with that. But then I think oh, there there are definitely some people who skipped over Winter Soldier because they didn't like First Avenger or and didn't understand why Steve was the way he was in the Avengers. And you miss a lot of context for the character. Right, and that's really a shame because like First Avenger was good. Winter Soldier was so much better. Winter Soldier was it's it's kind of a baseline for the rest of the MCU for me. Yeah. Like because First Avenger really serves to like set up Captain America as a as a character, like his origins mm-hmm. and everything. But Winter Soldier serves to set up his character as he exists, like yes. within this universe and on this timeline. Yeah, and how he is dealing with life in in the modern times and that adjustment that has to be made. Yeah. And you see him really struggle with coping. And his journey to cope on top of everything else he has to deal with over the course of the plot. Right. Yeah. Don't skip Winter Soldier, basically, is what we're saying. Yeah. It is It is one of, if not the best movie in the franchise. Like, the entire, entire MCU? Yeah. The entire MCU. That's... Uh, Civil War's up there. I, Ragnarok and, and the first Guardians movie are up there. I can't speak for Infinity War because I haven't seen it yet. But, like... It's... The, these, are the, these are the standard. This is what everything has to live up to. Right. But yeah, don't... Don't skip Winter Soldier. Yeah, don't skip. Don't ever skip. Like, don't skip any of them, really. And, like, Civil War, you can't, you cannot make an informed opinion about the events of Civil War if you haven't seen Winter Soldier. Exactly. Context. It's context. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, like, all of the MCU movies are, are required mm-hmm. watching. Like, if you're going to watch yes. any of them, you have to watch all of them. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, sorry. I went on this whole tangent <laughs> because I just, I love the character so much. Yeah. One of my favorite lines in all of, all of comics, one of my favorite quotes is uh, from Steve Rogers in the Civil War comics. And they put it into uh, the funeral scene in the film. Uh, Sharon Carter is quoting. Peggy. Um, and I don't remember all of it off the top of my head, but it was ba- basically uh, when Spider-Man changed sides mm-hmm. in 
in the comics. He basically asks Steve for confirmation that he was doing the right thing, and Steve told him that, you know, that's... It's our responsibility to... Yeah, you, know, you don't decide what's right based on what everyone else around you is saying is right. That you, uh... What's what's the quote? You plant yourself like a tree along the river of truth, and you tell the world no. You move. Hmm. Because that's really because, yeah. In the in the comics, like Peter had a really hard time with everything because he was siding with Tony for the longest time, and then like mm-hmm. s- stuff went really really bad, and. Yeah. Almost in like a, a fit of grief and rage and defiance, he switched sides. But he still was never really sure like who was who mm-hmm. was right. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was it was Steve being able to tell him, you know. You can't like you can't you can't look to other people to tell you what the right choice is, and you can't yeah. like waver and flip flop. You have to pick what you think. Like you have to decide what you think is right, and you have to stick by it. Yeah, and it kind of, and then you take that in the context of Steve turning himself in at the end of Civil. Yeah, and. I don't think that was Steve like realize like feeling that he had made a wrong choice. No, it was him realizing that the the fighting wasn't helping anybody. It was making things worse. Yeah. And the best way to make it all stop was for him to just stop fighting. I feel like that's probably a really good place to leave it off. Yes. For yeah. this episode. Um, we had intended on doing some actual like deep diving into specific graphic novels and stuff that we um, that we have and that we have read several times that we really enjoy. But as it turns out, just talking about comics in general took us like two and a half hours. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll save that for some other time. We've definitely, definitely brought up some of the some of the comics that we will have to delve into yeah. later. Um, Phoenix and Songs definitely one of my favorites. I want to do an in-depth yes. kind of discussion on that. Astonishing X-Men definitely mm-hmm. is one of our favorites. Yep. Um, Batman Hush was the one we were originally like. Uh, we, yes. Yeah, we had a we had a request for that actually um, for us to discuss yeah. Hush, um, and we yeah, didn't get around little... to it. And I'm really really sorry, um, but we are going to do that at some point, possibly in the um, near future. And uh, we will definitely get into some more uh, Captain America, yeah, more comic-related Captain America in the future as well. Mm-hmm. And Cause... we do still have our our MCU general discussion coming yes. up as well. But again, we have uh, guests that we wanted to get on for that that have seen Infinity mm-hmm. War, and Fen has not. So as soon as he yes. gets the opportunity to, we will get that episode out. Yep, and hopefully we'll be able to get that episode out before uh, Ant Man and the Wasp comes out. <laughs> which is um 
soon-ish. Soon-ish. They're playing all the trailers with, like, Solo and everything. Uh, oh, jeez. Really? July? July? I mean, July starts tomorrow. Sixth. No, yeah. it comes out next weekend. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So, our discussion on Infinity War will probably not include Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, our MCU Fair. discussion. Because yes. I don't know yeah. if and when I'm going to get to see that. Okay. That's fair. I mean, I, I'm in the same boat. But yeah. Um, uh, we'll keep feelers out maybe in two weeks. Okay. Um, there's, there's, so like the week after the holiday. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Tentative. We'll see what happens. Regardless, we are going to try and get another episode recorded and out um, next weekend. Yes. yes. Um, like I said, you know, with summer and everything, and we had some some scheduling conflicts and everything, but we're going to brainstorm mm-hmm. some kind of lighter, more pick-it-up-at-random kind of topics that we can do yeah. kind of in between. For sure. And again, on Twitter, if you have any questions or comments or suggestions for us, um, use the hashtag NerdscapePod um, so that we can find you. And uh, we'd like to know what are some of your favorite uh, comic book heroes and villains? Yeah, let us know. Um, Pick one each from Marvel and DC if you like, or if you have a preference for uh, one company over the other. Absolutely. All opinions are valid. Yep, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I have no idea what we're doing next week, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. All right. So, I have been Fen. And I have been Ralma. And this has been Nerdscape. Thanks for listening. Yep. We'll see you guys later.